We are on Yevamos Pebez Amar Aleph 82a, towards the bottom. And we've been discussing a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And they had different arguments. But one of their arguments was about whether Truma nowadays, is that a biblical obligation or a rabbinic obligation? Nowadays that uh, we no longer have the base of Migdash, we no longer have the temple, or because we don't have most Jews slash the tribes living in Israel. So therefore, when it comes to Truma, so Truma is the obligation to give a certain amount of your produce to the Kohen. So is that a rabbinic obligation or is that a biblical obligation? And it seemed like that was a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish held that it was a rabbinic obligation, and Rabbi Yochanan held that this was a biblical obligation. So the Gemara is now questioning, it's about to question Rabbi Yochanan, how is it possible that Rabbi Yochanan really holds that nowadays it is a biblical obligation? Does Rabbi Yochanan really hold that nowadays it's a biblical obligation? We have the following brisa, a very interesting brisa. You have the following scenario. You have two boxes. Two boxes. One box is full of truma produce, produce that is designated for the kohanim. And then you have the other boxes for everybody else. And then in front of those boxes, you also have a pile of truma and a pile of chulin. And then something happened, and that those piles got mixed into the boxes. So what do we say then? Do we say that some of the truma that was outside the box fell into the box with non-truma? What do we say? How, how, how do we figure out what to do? They all look the same. It's the same. It's produce. It all looks the same. So the law is, is that we assume, from a halachic perspective, we assume that the truma fell into the truma box, and the non-truma fell into the non-truma box. Uh, that's that's what we assume. And the reason for this is seems to be because truma nowadays is only rabbinic. Since it's only rabbinic, we have the ability to make this what's referred to as a tliya, to assume, even though one might not have necessarily made this assumption otherwise, but we will assume or because it's a case of doubt, will will uh, have more of an etia. We have more of a of a reason to say that the truma fell with the truma as opposed to falling into the box with with just the other produce. But that's only because it's rabbinic. So this is a question on a real and saying nowadays it's a biblical. So then you wouldn't be able to say this. But it's only because it's rabbinic are we allowed to make uh, this assumption. Not only that, but Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, they both comment on this b'risa. V'am Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish says, V'hushu Rabu Chulanala Truma. Not only is Truma rabbinic nowadays, according to Rish Lakish, you need a second thing. You also need it that there is more Chulin than Truma, meaning in the box of Chulin, the box of um, produce that is for everybody, not just for the Kohen, there is more of that than there is truma, meaning even if truma were to fall in, but it would also become uh, 
because the majority is not not truma in within this mixture, even if truma did fall in, so then at least the majority is not truma. That's what Rishlaki says. And Rishlaki argues, Rishlaki says, no. Even we would still say this law, even if the majority is not uh, just general food. No, we would still make this law. And this is the big question under Rishlaki because we would only say this law if it's true that truma is rabbinic. But Rabbi Yochanan seems to hold that it's biblical. So the Gemara says, "Bishlam the Rishakish Kosavar B'Dirabanan Nami Ribuyu Hudavina." El Rabbi Yochanan Kasha. So this is a strong question under Rabbi Yochanan. How can Rabbi Yochanan say that this is a biblical uh, obligation to give truma if he would also hold, like the Brisa, this teaching of the Brisa that um, when you have these two boxes and uh, truma falls into one of the boxes, we'll assume that it falls into the Truma box, the box that's designated for the Kohanim. Why would you assume that if it's all biblical? So the Gemara answers, Hamani Rabbanami. The Gemara answers that according to Rabbi Yochanan, really this is a dispute amongst what's referred to as the Tanaim, the different rabbis from the time period of the Mishnah. Um, and this particular b'risa that we just quoted about the, about the different boxes and Truma falling into the different boxes, that's according to the opinion of the Rabbanan, the majority, that are of the opinion that Truma today is only rabbinic. That's uh, that's that opinion of the Brisa. However, when Rabbi Yochanan was commenting on our Mishnah, going way back to the Mishnah, Va'anadami Kribiosi. Rabbiosi, he was commenting on Rabbiosi, the opinion of Rabbiosi, Rabbiosi holds that it is biblical. Based on what it says in Seder Olam, Essentially, that um, in the second conquering of the land of Israel, it became holy, and that holiness of the land of Israel never went away. According to Rabbi Yossi, it never went away, and therefore there still is a biblical obligation to give truma to the Kohanim, even today. There's a biblical obligation. According to others, it's only rabbinic. But according to this position of Rabbi Yossi, it is biblical. The idea is, is that when we first conquered the land of Israel with Moshe, not with Moshe, with Yoshua, with Joshua, uh, so that holiness really depended on our conquering of the land. If we were still in the land, it still retained its holiness. Once we left, it lost its holiness. But the second time around when we came, so we didn't come and conquer the land, it was given to us with permission, um, and so they gave it to us. And so when we got it, so it's ours, and the whole, according to this position, the holiness continues forever. It really does continue forever, according to Rabbi Yossi. Um, there are some opinions that say that even if you disagree with Rabbi Yossi, that it doesn't exist forever, but at least in uh, where the base of Migdash, where the Kotel is, where uh, the temple once stood, that, that holiness, or Yerushalayim, or at least in, in the uh, old city of Jerusalem, that, that holiness continues to exist. But Rabbi Yossi says, no, throughout the land of Israel, it will continue to exist forever. And therefore, Truma is obligated on a biblical level. So this is the position of Rabbi Yossi. Okay, that concludes really that part of uh, this topic. Essentially, the question is, is Truma biblical or rabbinic? And the reason to say that it's biblical is because uh, the Kedusha, the holiness, when we entered into the second into Israel for the second time in the days of Ezra, after the destruction of the first temple, we came back 70 years later um, and we 
came into Israel and we built the second temple, so that holiness never goes away. According to Rabbi obligated to give Truma on a biblical level. According to the other opinion, no, it still is on a rabbinic level because in the end of the day, uh, we're not all there. And not all the tribes are there. Uh, so that is that is the dispute. But once we're on the topic, so the Gemara now asks, according to Rabbi Yochanan, is it really true, going back to the boxes, the, the whole Brisa, the teaching of the Brisa about if you have two boxes, one is full of truma, one is full of just regular produce, which anybody could eat, not just the Kohanim, and the pieces fall into the different boxes, so then we assume the truma fell into the truma box and the non-truma fell into the non-truma box. And Rabbi Yochanan, is it really true? Is it really true that when it comes to, okay, it's only a rabbinic, according to, according to, even according to Rabbi Yochanan, that, that opinion has to assume that truma is only rabbinic. But even if it's rabbinic, do you, Rabbi Yochanan also said a different statement. He said that you do not need it to be that the box which had just general produce for everybody uh, was has a majority over the truma. That uh, Rish Lakish said that you need to have it such that it is a significantly more amount of uh, of which is regular produce, such that even if truma did fall in, it would be the minority. Rabbi Yochanan said, "No, we don't need that. It's not necessary." Does Rabbi Yochanan really hold that way? But we have a Mishnah which seems to imply that when it comes to rabbinic laws, we do require majority. Why? What does it say? Totally different area of halacha. Very different issue. It's discussing a mikvah. A mikvah. There are laws for, for, for a mikvah. Basically, you need to have 40 sa'a, a certain measurement of just regular rainwater that wasn't uh, caught, natural rainwater, which just fell into the mikvah, which we have in every mikvah. You may not see it for different reasons, but it's uh, there could be a mikvah behind the wall that you don't see. Um, but So let's say you have exactly the exact measurement, the exact measurement of 40 saw, a certain measurement of water, of rainwater. And what do you do? Nasan saa So what do you do? You put in, as the 41st, you put in water or juice that wouldn't qualify for mikvah. You put in, let's say, juice, and it's the 41st. And then you take uh, a saw out, so now you're back down to 40. So we say it's kosher. That works. It works. That's kosher. That mikvah is kosher. Even if you took water out, and the order is important. Uh, first, you have to add a 41st, and then you have to go back down to 40. It wouldn't work the other way around, where you go from 39 and then up to 40, because you always have to have maintain that 40. So you go up to 41, and then it goes back down to 40. Um, but it works. Rabbi Yochanan himself comments on this Mishnah, and he says, you need a majority. So we see that he does hold. he holds that you do need a majority. Um, even for rabbinic laws, you require a majority. My love, the Nishtar Rubo, isn't it that you must always have a majority of rainwater, meaning no matter how much fruit juice you add, um, but still, you need to always have, let's say, of the 40, you need to have 21 rainwater. That seems to be what Rebbe saying. The Gemara says, no, lo, the lo Rubo. The case means that you can't have 
It's not that you need to have 21 of rainwater. Even if it was 20-20, that would be fine. That would be kosher. You just can't have 19. It's not that you need the majority of rainwater. It's just that as long as you have 50-50, that would also work. So we don't care about majority. The point is that we don't care about majority. Uh, that's uh, And therefore, that makes Rabbi Yochanan fit with uh, what he said earlier. Rabbi Yochanan doesn't care about a majority. Once it's rabbinic, so then it's not about a majority. Alternatively, Or alternatively, you could say the case of the mikvah, maybe you do need a majority. You need a majority of rainwater. You need 21 saw of rainwater against whatever else that you're putting in. Let's say uh, fruit juice. Uh, you're putting that in. Um, so you need to have 21 to 19. To get up to the total of 40, you need to have 21 to 19, but you need a majority. Let's say you do hold, you do need a majority. But that's true when it comes to the mikvah. But what we're discussing about the different boxes, the reason is because, A, it's rabbinic, according to that opinion. Truma is only rabbinic. And we assume that the truma falls into the truma because of a shiny omer. We could make such an assumption. We could just say that if the truma fell in, we'll assume the truma fell into the box of truma. Perhaps it did. Uh, and so therefore we don't need to have a majority in that case. Just because you need a majority when it comes to the mikvah doesn't mean that you need a majority of chulin, of non-truma, uh, in, in our case of, of the truma that falls in. It's not, it's not, the, the two cases aren't necessarily connected. When it comes to the truma falling in, it's because we assume that the truma fell into the truma. It's a separate logical reasoning. And so that's what the, the Gemara concludes with, uh, with Rabbi Yochanan. Um, so that, that concludes uh, that part of the Gemara. The next part of the Gemara will return back to our Mishnah and really discuss the status of an androgynous. We'll have some time to discuss the status of an androgynous of somebody who has both male and female um, sexual organs. And so therefore, what is the status of an androgynous? Is it is it male, female, both, something separate? That will all be discussed in future installments.